This is season two of the Marked Podcast from Lifeway Women. I'm your host, Mary Margaret Collingsworth. Each week, we'll hear the story of what God has done in the lives of different people. We'll talk about things that have marked them, and I know you'll be encouraged. Most of them are just like you. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. We are so excited to be back with the second season of the Marks Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I am really excited about today's guest, and I, I feel like I could probably call us internet friends slightly or like podcast friends, but I have been a fan of Jamie Goldens for a long time, and um, and so she is our guest today. Jamie, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Well, we are internet friends, which really, truly can be the best of friends. So I, if you're not making friends on the internet, you're just not doing it right. Exactly. Right. Um, so I'm Jamie Golden. I am, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I live there now. I am a podcaster myself and I am a cake pot baker, which is a weird life, but it is accurate. It's an <laughs> accurate description. I am flirty um, and fun. I, this is not a Tinder profile, right? Okay. <laughs> no, me, not today. Not today. But um, I just... I like, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think other than that, that's, you should edit all this out. It's this all good. Part. It's good. But that's who, um, you, that's who you are. That's who I am. I'm, I'm not married. I don't have kids, mm-hmm. which means I sleep a lot and keep all my money. Yes. I, I feel that. Right. You feel yes. that. And so, um, but I, I very much, I love Jesus. I love Lifeway because Lifeway has guided me through many of my darkest theological periods mm. like Beth Moore has reached down her beautiful hand like manicured French manicured hand and like pulled me out with her word of God so I, I it's an honor to be on Marked. Awesome well, we're so glad you're here today and um, and if you don't follow Jamie um, on social media she is a great follow and we will give you her um, all of her contact info at the end of the podcast as well as on our blog so make sure that you're checking out lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast um, but just to kind of get straight into it Jamie what like what are you passionate about? Like, what is it that gets you up in the morning, you know, from, from the bed that you could just sleep in alone or that keeps (laughs) you up at night? So, yeah, well, I feel like the right answer should just be like, you know, studying the word of God and, and those, that is accurate, but I will be honest with you, pop culture, because that's what my podcast is about, um, that I co-host pop culture is something that I'm really passionate about. And I, I know that can feel very, superficial and like, ah, this is not going to be an inspirational time with Jamie unmarked. But I will say what I love is as an art form. I mean, I love a well scripted TV show. Mm -hmm. I love a fantastic documentary. I love music. And so pop culture, whether it's faith based or not, like it's so inspiring to me and it gets me so excited to wake up in the morning and be like, there are new shows on the Roku. This is so exciting. And so, I mean, and to me, pop culture it's great because it's a fantastic conversation starter. I oh, mean, we yeah. can talk about the new album by Johnny Swim, or we can talk about the Serena Williams documentary, or, or we can talk about This Is Us on yes, NBC, yes. changing our lives, mm-hmm. you know? So I really love that I get to do it for a living, that like pop culture gets to be part of my day job, but then also it's something I really, really enjoy. That is awesome. I love it. it and I think it, it's exactly what you said. It is such like a neutral ground to connect yeah. with people that you can start conversations about a TV show or about a movie that maybe you couldn't find something to talk about otherwise, but you can connect about a TV show or like oh, about sure. Adele's Adele's album. I saw her in concert last night and I just had, I feel like I had to mention that because I'm, I'm not still, saying I'm still recovering. And was like, I'm going to, I wish I could mute all y'all. 
at the Adele concert. Y'all are looking like you're having the best time. It yeah, was. but like Adele can bring us together. I mean, right now I'm obsessed with true crime podcasts. Who doesn't want to learn about 30-year-old child abductions and like talk about it and like brainstorm it and think? But it's also really educational. Like I understand the news so much better because of the, you know, the outlets I'm using to consume it. And yeah. so it's a, it's a fantastic, yes, common ground. I mm-hmm. love it. And how did you uh, just kind of going a different direction a little bit for a second? Like, how did you get into cake pops of all things? Oh my gosh, it's the most random thing. And so I love to bake. Baking is a science. I don't know how to cook. I mean, genuinely at all. I don't know how to cook anything. I don't know how to make an omelet or scrambled eggs correctly. Like I just, I don't know how to cook, but baking is a science. So I could do it because it was recipes and there's no art to it. It's just follow the directions. And I really enjoyed it. And it was kind of a stress reliever because it was just methodical and my life was not that way. And so, but then I, I wanted them to be really pretty there. There's a creative part of me. There's a graphic designer wanting to get out and so fondant was just not tasty. And so I thought, how do I make pretty things that can still taste good? And Bakerella, who invented cake pops, mm-hmm. she was on like the Pioneer Woman's blog that I was reading at the time. I was like, oh, those are fun. Let me buy thousands of dollars of supplies and see <laughs> if I can make these myself. And so I started making them just personally and then for, you know, my niece's birthday. And then people started asking me to make them for parties. And it just slowly and through the course of my life, I was... I worked in nonprofits my whole life. And then mm-hmm. about three years ago, God really called me to quit my job. And so as I was waiting for him to, you know, obviously give me a ministry job or faith, like obviously he's going to have me work at a church because why would he ask me to quit my job? And he just did not open those doors. Yeah. But he he gently reminded me like, oh, remember this thing you've been doing for years? Like make that a business. And so it became a business that paid every bill, which mm. was exactly what I was praying for. I was like, God, how are you going to provide? And weirdly enough, it happened through cake on a stick. Yeah. I love that. And and I think so often, you know, we, we expect God to show up one way or call us to do one thing. And he's saying this thing over here that you know how to do like this thing that I've already gifted you. You're already like, it already excites you. You love it. You know, all of that, you know, like I've given you that to be able to do all these things, like to be able to achieve the same kind of purposes in a different Avenue. That's exactly right. Cause you put God in this box. Like I did. I put God in this box of like, Oh, well, if you want to use me, then it's going to have to look like A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And then he just consistently was like, no, 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 there's D. Like I have L and J and Q. Nobody thinks of Q. I always have Q up my sleeve. And yeah. so he really did that with my life, which That's has awesome. been the most, uh, the scariest thing I've ever done and the most absolute fun. That's awesome. I love it. Very cool. Well, I'm going to ask you kind of our signature question on the podcast, um, since we are called Marked. Um, you know, what is something that you have been marked by, Jamie? Well, so many things. I'm easily influenced. Like, I <laughs> I'm, I'm want to have on a 90s choker right now because I see people wearing 90s chokers, mm-hmm. and I think I could, I could pull that off. So I'm marked by a lot of things, but I was thinking about this in context of <clears throat> your listeners and kind of my spiritual journey, and I really always go back to you. I, I listened to a sermon once by Rick Warren, and he was talking about your shape and how you're formed and looking at, and shape is just an acronym, and it stands for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I found out there was a study. I went through the study. I then led the study at my church. And the whole time, it was just such a different idea of how God uses us that I had ever, no one had ever presented it in that way of like, oh, no, no, he'll use all these things that already either exist in you or the choices you've made, Mm -hmm. good or bad. Not that that's not biblical, it completely is, but it was so funny to see it. And then 
hear it and experience it. And now it's, it's really informed so much of what I do now. I teach a class now at my church mm-hmm. that's about discovering your purpose and it's looking at your personality. I mean, we do an actual disc personality profile and we do a spiritual gifts profile and match that with kind of the opportunities and we help people connect the dots. I've created some small group training at my church for women mm-hmm. who are uh, looking to lead a small group, but don't know what, because forever I would always be like, well, it's not really godly if we're not like looking at Leviticus. So I gotta <laughs> do that. And it was so great to have a church that really said, no, no, no. Like we want people in relationship yeah. and we want God to be a part of that, but God is relational. And so you need to look at your own. And so me looking at my personality and mm-hmm. I love lots of people and my spiritual gift is teaching. And so, it's, so I started doing, instead of going, oh, I'm just going to teach Leviticus. Oh, well, I'll also do a class where I teach about leading small groups and how you can figure out what you should lead. And I'll teach a small group on learning do, how to do phone photography because I know how to do that. And I can mm-hmm. help people learn how to do that. And in that I can sneak Jesus in because, you know, you're taking pictures of his creation and what have you. So that study, like really that sermon that I just listened to on the internet, like on my desktop, not even yeah. cool, like you know, on my iPhone or anything, but just listen to out loud. And it's like, Oh, this is so different. And then that really has kind of shifted really my spiritual purpose and and, and kind of how I live out my faith. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. And, and it's exactly, it's such a compliment to what you were saying earlier that like, even though you're, you don't work in a church, you don't, you know, that's not your full-time gig. You know, the fact that God is still opening doors, giving you opportunity to, to serve right where you are, even though your job yeah. is podcaster, cake pop maker extraordinaire, you know, all of that, that, um, that he still is using you, but you just had to like open your eyes to see where those opportunities were and see what it looks like. And I, I think for so many of us, it's easy to miss those things because we want it to look, we want it to look the way we want it to look. Let's just oh yeah. Or and we don't want it to maybe use things that either we're not proud of. I mean, one of my favorite People in my life, like she's currently leading small groups on STDs in my church, which mm. just seems like a really out of the left field, like strange thing to be doing. But it's because she herself had had an STD and she's like, I really never wanted to think about that again. But it was such a shame filled time in my life, particularly going to church, knowing that this was part of my story. And but now she she was like, I know who God is in relation to that in terms of lifting that shame. And so I'm now going to lead groups for women who are struggling with the same thing. And Mm. so a lot of times we avoid those paths because we're so scared of what God may have us use, whether it's a, you know, divorce or death or grief or, you know, any kind of addiction or anything that we've struggled with in the past, Mm -hmm. we think. And for me, God was constantly trying to teach me about identity because my identity was always in a job title because I wasn't a mother and I wasn't a wife. And so it's like, oh, well, if I'm valuable, it has to be because I'm the director of fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly when I had to, when people would be like, what do you do for a living? You're like, um, I'm a podcaster and you don't know what a podcast is. And I'm a cake pop baker. You also don't know what a cake pop (laughs) is. So I guess I'm just going to have to have my value come from somewhere else rather than that. Awesome. Um, well, who, who are people in your life who encourage and, and inspire you or really, you know, are the people who are pushing you forward to do, you know, whatever it is that God's called you to do, or just people that you kind of listen to? Well, I'm a, I love to have, it's, I'm an ADD survivor, so I need constant stimulation. Mm -hmm. So I try to pick people who are bringing light and love and goodness and, uh, humor into my life. And so, um, for from a very kind of macro standpoint, I really love people like Mindy Kaling, who is somebody who is not necessarily living out her faith, but she's living out 
her purpose. Yeah. You know, like she's designed in a way to, I'm, I'm going to write, I'm going to write my own story. I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to decide, I'm not going to let anybody else decide what my life is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and create opportunities for myself and not be pigeonholed. Um, one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter is Amanda Jones. She mm-hmm. is, obviously she's Beth Moore's daughter, but she's also, her and her husband planted a church in Texas. And I actually discovered her on Twitter long before her mom. And she was retweeted and I just realized she says a lot in 140 character. Like she just mm-hmm. is able to speak kind of truth over me with such a sense of humor and with a nod to pop culture and what's Mm -hmm. fun. And I really just found out I loved hearing her voice. So she's definitely somebody who inspires me there. And then just personally, I, my first job out of college was recruiting foster and adoptive parents, Mm -hmm. mainly because I had a degree in sociology, women's studies and African-American studies. And that's not really a marketable (laughs) degree. And so uh, child protective services took me up in a heartbeat yeah, um, because they needed people. And uh, so that became a heart issue for a long time. And it still is today. And so one of my dear friends, uh, Beverly Owings, she runs a camp in Alabama called Camp Hope. And the whole purpose is to bring kids who are in foster care who are not placed with their siblings Mm -hmm. to bring them in for the weekend so they can spend like a whole weekend rather than we're going to meet at McDonald's while all our workers drive 100 miles to come and bring us together. And so she's inspired me. Like now I've you know, I'm going through training to become a CASA so I can work with courts to help mm-hmm. advocate and investigate, you know, for kids who are in the foster care system. And so just people who are doing really neat things and stepping out of their comfort zone and being bold um, with a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite people. Awesome. You know, and I think that that's where I, I love that that it can look so many different ways and from so many different avenues. And I think a lot of us feel like mentors or people who have to speak in our lives have to be somebody that we sit down on Thursday afternoon at four o'clock at Starbucks yeah. every week with, you know, when it can be somebody on Twitter or somebody whose book we've read or TV show we've watched, just watching the way that they live their lives, um, the way that they encourage other people, um, and just the way that we're able to engage across the board, um, you know, it's such a unique thing. Oh, it's so true because I like I in my head, I believe that Christine and Kane and I are best friends, <laughs> although I do not think she knows about it. But like but she's a huge influence on me. And that's yeah. so valuable. It's no less valuable than the best friend that's sitting across from me at Panera saying yeah. no more French bread, mm-hmm. no more baguette. Yes. And I think for women who are, you know, millennials, you know, right around our age group who, who are looking for other women to invest in, you know, if there's not somebody standing right there in front of you, you know, there are a ton of women you can look to a ton of women you can glean from, learn from, you know, and, and feel like you're friends with them. Just like, you know, you yeah, feel like with Christine, course. you know, and, um, and like, I feel like with so many people, um, but we, I think we've got to find other avenues to meet the needs that we have in our lives when, when so often we're looking, you know, right in front of us and we need to look a little bit further. And, um, and there's a ton of avenues out there now to be able to do that. Um, you know, but kind of jumping a little bit back to what we talked about earlier, you know, what, what would you say to women who are maybe in that position that you were in where you're sitting there going, okay, I, you know, Lord, what do I do with my life? Like, how do I take this next step? You know, and maybe they're sitting there feeling like either inadequate or, you know, like either I don't, I can't do what it is that you've called me to do, or this feels like a huge step of faith to, to step out and quit my job or to do something different. And what is, you know, how has that looked in your life? And what would you say to women in that position today? Well, for me, I, like I would first advise them not to do what I did, which was when <laughs> God was really calling me to quit my job. I was like, Oh my gosh, you're so cute. No. Mm-hmm. And then I would just screen every call that he like tried to like have a conversation with me about it. And I really avoided him for a long time and really disconnected. Cause I thought, well, if I'm disconnected from him, he's not going to 
want to use me anyway. And that's just not true. He will still pursue us um, so whole, wholeheartedly. And so I would lean like learn more. Like if once you feel like you're getting a call from God, and for me, it's it's figuring out what language does he speak to you? Because I think he speaks a language we understand. And for every person that may be different. But for me, it was very clear in the word, like what I was studying and sermons I was hearing. Everything was very clear, even though I didn't know what the next step was. Yeah. And I was scared. And I, I was lucky that I had a good support network. But even my own family was like, oh, what are you? Are you moving back in? Like, please don't. <laughs> I mean, we love God, but not maybe like that much. Mm-hmm. Like, calm down. And so my biggest thing is to know that you're not, you're, you're not qualified or equipped. Like we really aren't. I mean, my favorite passage in scripture is when Moses in Exodus chapter four, when Moses is having a conversation with God, it's one of the best transcripts of a conversation Mm -hmm. that God ever had with anybody because God has called him to really speak to Pharaoh for him. And Moses is like, but maybe not like what? And God is so great. Cause he's like, what's that in your hand? It's a staff, put it on the ground, turns into a snake. He's not going to grab it by the tail. It's back into a staff. He's like, they'll believe me. Just do that. Yeah. And they'll believe me. And he goes, but, and he's like, put your hand in your cloak. He pulls his hand out. It's diseased. He puts his hand back in, comes out. It's clean. He's like, if they don't believe the snake thing, they're totally going to believe the hand thing. Mm-hmm. You're covered. And even then Moses was like, okay, but seriously, like <laughs> I can't speak. Like I don't any, you know, he talks about that he struggles to speak and he has a stutter and he's like, I really can't do that. And finally, I just love that guy goes, who created your mouth? Mm-hmm. Like it was like, I was going, calm down. Yeah. Like I, like I am in control. And he does literally say to him, I'm going to be with you when you speak. Those will be my words. Don't yeah. worry. And so I think that's my advice to myself on a daily basis is that <laughs> I'm not doing this with alone because I'm not, I'm literally not enough. Yeah. Like I have to have God going before me and the Holy spirit living inside me and Jesus advocating at the right hand. Like I have to have all of that to accomplish any of it. So anytime you're being faced with a hard decision or something that feels very out of the box, Mm -hmm. that's absolutely who God is. He lives way out of the box and, but he is so worthy of trust because he has proven himself over and over and over again. So I say to people all the time, like, Girls that I'm mentoring now that are in their early 20s, they're so tiny. Mm-hmm. They're so fantastic and they have such great hope. And I, I want to just encourage them in that and not ever discourage them and always say to them, start doing things that are a little bit uncomfortable. Start yeah. doing things that are like slightly risky because later in your life, God's going to ask you to do very uncomfortable things that are very risky. And you're already going to have all this practice and all this proof to support your idea that you can do it because you're going to have done these little things in the name of Jesus that when he asks you to do the really, really hard thing, you can look back on this beautiful history and go, oh yeah, he can be trusted. Mm -hmm. I can trust him. Yep. And he, he's so good. Just like you pointed out throughout scripture to give us examples of those moments where, you know, he's saying, if you're struggling with disbelief, like, let me show you somebody who literally struggled with disbelief. And we look at Moses, we see those things happening. And, and I think for us, we word it like, oh, I just want a billboard in the sky. Like, can't you just write it in the sky? Can't you set a bush on fire? Like, can't you do these things? When I think so often he is doing those things, but we just, we're, we're the ones struggling and we become the Gideon who goes like, can you just wet the fleece one more time? You know, can you, can you just show me one more time? And, and it's like, there's gotta be a point that comes when it's like, okay, we, we, we hit a crossroads and we're sitting there going, am I going to trust or am I not? Am I going to follow through or am I not going to? And, you know, and, and exactly what you said is so true. He has proven himself faithful and, and worthy of that. And, and the fact that he, he follows through on his promises, you know, he tells us throughout scripture, I'm going to follow through, you know, for all the promises of God, find their yes in him. Like, you know, that we know that truth that he, he's good on his word. 
and, and he is going yeah. to be faithful to us. And so, um, I love that how, how he's shown that to you and, you know, with, I'd love to bounce off what you said, um, about the younger girls that you have, have in your life. Cause I've got some too. And, and they're just some of the sweetest, most dear relationships. And I, you know, I'm 32, so I'm not that, you know, I'm not a ton far ahead of them, but like right. I was watching college football this weekend going, I am at least 10 years older than almost <laughs> all of you, which makes me feel weird. But, um, alas, anyway, um, yeah. it, it's interesting to go like, okay, I'm, I'm that far removed. You know, this year was 10 years since yeah. I graduated college, you know, so how are you investing in the lives of some younger women? And what does that look like kind of in your, in your life, you know, on a week to week or month to month basis? Well, for me, it's, you know, and it's weird, like, don't get me wrong. It's weird on either side of a mentoring relationship. One to go be like, I would like to mentor you. You (laughs) feel like Yoda or Obi-Wan and you're just like, this feels super odd. And, Mm -hmm. or, or somehow you're saying I am so wise that I want to, and I never look at it like that. Like one young woman that I'm with now, like I said to her when I met her, I was like, let's just hang out. Let's just spend time together. I want to do life with you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's weird, but let's, let's just make, let's make an appointment to do life together and make sure that we're seeing each other and spending time together. Mm -hmm. And so that was the easier one. And then for me, it was really starting a small group that I kept really small with intention and really tightened the age down of going and made it kind of closed and invited some people to it that I had seen around me doing some really interesting, fascinating things. Mm -hmm. And so same thing, just doing life with this group of four or five young women who all have it's been neat to see them, how they influence each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but then how we can talk about big, difficult, hard things that maybe they don't feel comfortable talking about with their boyfriend or their fiance or their parents or the, or their bosses because some of them are in ministry. It's really, and they're doing things that maybe are not what anyone expected of them. Like Mm -hmm. one young woman is starting a business at age 23 and she's like, I'm so, I'm like, I'm so excited, you know, and she's getting the support for me. But then also, and that's great because I I wish somebody, when I I was like, I'm going to have a cake pot business. I didn't, I wasn't equipped to have a business. I was equipped to make cake on a stick, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't equipped to pay taxes or know how to And so I needed support. And so it's, it's been neat to go. I've lived through that. I'm doing, even though it's only been a couple of years, I know exactly what that process is like. Let me walk, let me hold your hand through that. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, for those of you who are listening today, um, you know, wherever, wherever you're coming from, whatever story is yours and is unique to you, you know, there's something to be learned from that. And so, um, there are probably some women listening today who have, you know, who would just say, if you just said, you know, are you mentoring somebody would say, I don't have anything to offer. Or, I, I don't have anything to give to somebody younger than me, but I think I'm so grateful for the women, you know, like what you're saying that will just say, let's just do life together. Let's just, let's sit down and talk. Let's keep up with one another. Let's text. And, you know, and just to be somebody that can say, you know, that I'm praying for you, like what's going on with you today? Day, even if you can't sit down and talk like, but they have those touch points. And like, I got a text like that yesterday from a woman who lives in Arizona, who is a dear friend of mine, but who just texted me and said, you're on my mind this morning. I prayed this passage of scripture over you. And that to me is mentoring. And so oh, yeah. it's just, it's being aware and it's being, um, you know, just ready for whatever it is that God wants for those kind of relationships. And, you know, and I don't know if you've had those awkward situations like I have where somebody like literally walks up to you with a very serious look on their face, you know, and, and this happened a long time ago, but this girl looked at me, she goes, God has told me you're supposed to mentor me. <laughs> long pause. And I was like, uh, um, blink, blink. And, blink, I, and, blink. I, and I was like, um, uh, maybe can we like go to lunch or something? Cause I was sitting there going, what's this girl's name again? I can't remember. And so I think it's gotta be a mutual thing at the same sure, time, you know, sure. and it's gotta be something that the road goes both ways. You're both in it and you're both, you know, wanting 
that time spent wanting um, that kind of relationship with somebody else or whatever. But, but it can be as something like you're saying as easy as just texting, you know, keeping up with one another, doing life together, you know, or as complex as like literally sitting down and doing Bible study together or you right. know, meeting on a regular basis, things like that. Um, but, but I think that that is, those are some barriers we can help women break down. I think too, just in, you know, fears that, that get in the way of us doing what it is that God's called us to do, which is investing in the lives of other women that are around us and yeah. teaching just from what, what we've learned and what we know. But oh, um, so good. speaking of things that we have learned, um, what is a life lesson that you wish you could have learned sooner? So if you said young Jamie, I would tell you this, what, what would it be? <laughs> Well, I try to think really practical and then obviously a little more, you know, meaningful and inspirational. Mm -hmm. My practical is I wish someone explained to me that you need to clear your internet history when you're searching for plane tickets (laughs) so that because Delta ups their prices the next time you come because they know they they deposit cookies on your computer. I learned that from my dear friend, Laura Tremaine, Mm -hmm. who travels a lot. And she said, I found out that when I was on my, she found out when she was on her tablet versus her desktop she would be at the exact same time, exact same flight, and the flight would be $90 cheaper. And so there's been all of this. You can Google this. This is, I didn't mm-hmm. just make it up. So make sure you clear your cachet when you're searching for plane tickets. Good to know. Good to know. So that's a life lesson I wish I'd known like five I love years that. Um, but really, it's, uh, I, I grew up in a very homogenous place. Like everybody kind of looked the same. I was like, I had one friend that was not Protestant. She was Catholic and she was mm-hmm. so exotic. She was <laughs> um, she drank real wine. It was very mysterious. And, and so for me, it's one meeting people who do not look like you mm-hmm. um, and not as simple as don't look like you, but have lived completely different lives than you and going to college helped me do that. Going away to college. I met so many different and interesting people, but what it taught me and what the lesson I wish I had known as even as a teenager would be, everybody has a story. And so even the people that you're looking at that maybe creep you out on the side of the road or the person that you see at church that really is super weird. And you're like, Oh, they're so weird. Like, but they have a story like Mm -hmm. their weirdness comes from. And as someone who is weird, I always want to go, my weirdness comes from a place Mm -hmm. of honesty. And so knowing people that and people are not the worst thing that they've ever done. Yeah. That was a really valuable lesson mm. for me to learn. In my own family, once I had family members who struggled with addiction or who had to be on welfare, like it went, oh, well, not everybody on welfare looks the same way or everybody that's an addict is not the same or people who are alcoholic. Like once I knew personal friends, those are lessons I learned much lo- later in life. But I went, oh, like you're a real person with a real story. And by the grace of God, I am one decision away from where you are. And mm-hmm. so... I'm going to honor the fact that you have a story and, and that your story can be very much a part of your purpose. Just like my story is a part of mine, your story is a part of yours. And God can use that and redeem it in kind of some really amazing ways. And it doesn't make you less than. It actually makes you, with, the, with you know, aligning with Jesus makes you more than. Yeah. Which is so important to know as early as you can in life to know that. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And, and I wrote down what you said, that people are not the worst thing that they've ever done. And that if we as believers can get our heads wrapped around that and, and quit looking at people by the way that we want to define them because of a situation, because of a circumstance, whether it was brought on them or whether they brought it on themselves, um, you know, that I think it's the way that we pray that, that we would see people as Jesus sees them, you know, that we would quit labeling them with these things and, um, and just love them for exactly who they are and where they are. Because yeah. it's like what you said, that that is why the crazy comes out sometimes, you know, is because of, of experiences that they've had. And so, but getting to know somebody and building relationship and, um, 
knowing who they are and why they do the the things that they do, you know, makes us um, more like Jesus in a way, but also it just makes us better people and better friends have, and, yeah. you know, better Christ followers. And so it, it does make a huge difference. Um, and so, you know, just as we're kind of like wrapping up, you know, if you could encourage the women who are listening today in, in, in any area, you know, or in one specific area, what would that be? Well, I would definitely say for sure. I mean, being in the word is critical and I love hearing people tell me like what explaining the word to me in a way. I love good commentaries. I love people who unpack a book of the Bible, Mm -hmm. but at the exact same time, the really, the thing to do is to just be in the word and it doesn't have to be like, okay, now I'm going to play music. I'm going to light a target candle and I'm going to like read all of Ephesians and Paul is just going to speak over my life. Mm -hmm. Like he may do that and he could, I mean, it could happen that way, Absolutely, but but being present, like showing up for the, you know, getting an app, like she reads truth or like, I just love to, some days I, I'm not going to have this kind of quintessential quiet time that it's going to be like, this is going to be the moment my life changed. Yeah. But at the same time, I also know that if, if I'm in the word and make that a habit and make that a commitment to my daily, as much as I do my eye cream mm-hmm. and as much as I do my learning, you know, using my curling iron. Yep. If I make being in the word a commitment, then what happens is the fruit that comes from that and just my own attitude and the way that I can choose joy so much quicker, the way that the Holy Spirit does not have to do heavy lift. He doesn't have to CrossFit my attitude. Yeah. He can just be like, this is like anor- like this is like water aerobics. This is super easy. <laughs> yes. And so being in the word, that would be my biggest encouragement. One, because being in the word, just it, I mean, it is, it just filters every other part of your life, mm-hmm. your attitude the way that you encounter people, just like what we're talking about, the way that you see people now has a lens on it that's divine and you're never going to lose. Like you're never going to look back and go, wow, I just spent way too much time in the Bible. I got to like get my life. Like you're never going to say that. Mm -hmm. So I have to tell myself all the time. I'm like, you're not going to regret spending this 10 minutes reading this app that's on your phone. You're not even sitting up straight in bed. Like you can open up this app and Literally. read the word of God. Mm-hmm. You can do it. <laughs> yes, it is. It has never been more accessible. You know, it has never been more easy to, especially for us as, as Americans, like, you know, it has never been easier to engage with the word of God, but we have to make the time. And, and often for me, that's the, if I had to boil it down to the one excuse that I would make on a, on a regular basis, if I was just losing my mind or just, I mean, living my life, honestly, it would be like, Oh, time, like I've got to find time or I've got to make time or I don't have time. And, and I think we, we give time to the things we want to give time to. Yes. You know, and that's like, just the I truth. Make time for, I make time for uh, true con- crime Netflix documentaries. Like yeah. I can stop and be like, maybe not one more episode of Making a Murderer. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd just sit down and talk about murderers whose lives were redeemed in the word of God. Is that cheesy? It felt cheesy. It's okay. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true. accurate. Yes. You know? And a few yeah. weeks ago when I was watching um, four hours of Dancing with the Stars a week when they were doing sure. two an, two hours on Monday, two hours on Tuesday, which now I'm glad that they're back to just the Monday only episode because I don't feel quite as guilty. But I was sitting there going, well, I should probably spend time in the word if I haven't done that already, if I'm going to watch Dancing with the Stars for two hours. So, you know, it, it's whatever works you know, and, and even, and I think, um, like my mom, one of her famous lines is like, you do right because it is right until, you, until it feels right. And so sometimes when right. I have been in like hard seasons of my life spiritually, like I just have to, to do it because I know it's the right thing and, and it'll feel like the right thing when I'm done. But like sometimes on the front end when it doesn't feel like I have time or whatever, it yeah. just feels like a, another thing I have to do, but it's the right thing. 
listen, let's all follow Mama Collingsworth's advice. She's, like, she's so a wise valuable. one. She's a wise one. Yeah, I know. So smart. Mm-hmm. So, well, Jamie, thank you so much for, yeah. for just chatting with me today. And, and I know that, that women um, who are listening to this episode are going to resonate with what you've said and just, cause you're just real and, you know, just yeah. shared from, um, from exactly where you are, but tell us how, how we can connect with you if we want to want to connect with you on social media. Okay, so I'm Jamie B. Golden, which is not, B is not a verb. It actually is my middle name, Jamie Beth. <laughs> so I'm Jamie B. Golden everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I co-host a podcast with Knox McCoy called The Popcast, and we can be found at knoxandjamie.com. We have weekly episodes about pop culture. And then I also bake. I'm a cake pop baker, and you can find me at jamiesweetrevenge.com. I love it. And let me tell you, if you are at all a fan of pop culture, you will not want to miss the podcast. And it is one of my weekly indulgences that I do make time for. And um, because I just I resonate, I laugh and um, and it's just it's just a blast. So thank you for doing what you do. Uh, well, thank you so much. This has been such fun. Thank it you for having me been. on. Thank you so much. Um, and if you guys will take a second to check out um, lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast, you can find all of last season's episodes and um, find other ways to connect with us. So we'll touch base with you guys again soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, tweet at me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It's a great way for other people who aren't listening yet to find us. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.